Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Investor Podcast and I hope you're all doing good. Today, we're going to cover a topic that almost every viewer has asked me to work on. And that is an in-depth episode on investing in the stock market. And this is actually the first episode of a mini-series covering many aspects on stock market investing. So today we're going to start off by covering basic aspects of the stock market and later bring on a guest speaker who's the head of investment research and product strategy at Prabhudas Leeladhar, which is a leading Indian financial company, where we're going to dive deeper into certain concepts such as which investment strategies will provide you the best returns and what to look for in stocks before making an investment. The next few episodes are also going to discuss topics such as what drives prices of stocks and timing the market in a much greater detail. So a stock market refers to the collection of markets and exchanges where shares of companies are bought and sold regularly. A stock exchange is a facility where people and corporations can purchase or sell these shares. Companies can get listed on the stock exchange through something that is known as an initial public offering and the stock prices of the company are determined by the laws of demand and supply. When more people want to buy the stock than sell it, the prices rise. And when relatively more people want to sell the stock than buy it, their price drops. We're often made to believe that these stock prices are directly related to the economy. However, that really isn't the case. In fact, the average net worth of a family in America still hasn't recovered from the Great Recession in 2008. Meanwhile, stock indexes, they're up by an average of almost 600% since the lows of 2008. Now, there are many reasons for this, but the most important ones is because when we say stock markets are rising, we mean stock indexes such as the Dow Jones or the Nasdaq are rising. These indexes are basically a weighted average of select stocks. However, what most people do not take into consideration is that just a few firms make up a very large percentage of these indexes. For example, 50% of the Nasdaq composite is just Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Tesla. And this is an index of 100 stocks. The fact that six corporations make up half of this index really speaks depths and shows that indexes will change significantly if and only if a few of these large firms have changes in the stock price. Now, like the COVID stock crash and the Great Recession, companies which make up such a large percentage of indexes do not usually fall significantly, and their recovery is almost always much quicker than all other stocks. So it really isn't a surprise that stock exchanges rise when the economy doesn't, given the weightage of such a few companies in the indexes. Now the second reason is that investors put money in the stock market for the future, not for today. They look beyond what is happening right now and they buy stocks for returns at a later date, which pushes prices up and hence stock markets increase. And a perfect example of that is actually right in front of our eyes. I mean, our economy was in complete shambles back in July and August, but the stock market was reaching new highs. Now, why is that? Because investors put money in the market with the prediction that the economy will recover with time and they'll make profits on their investments. Now, we all know that there are many stock exchanges around the world, sometimes even multiple in each country, but they all share really similar characteristics. Now, different countries, of course, have different times of the year where companies make the highest profits due to their spending season, but the concepts learned can be used in any stock exchange. Now, throughout all these international stock exchanges, one pattern that I have noticed is the fact that the average age of investors is reducing every single year, 
and new investors putting money in the stock market through apps such as Robinhood and Webull during the pandemic that's grown exponentially. I really love how many new investors there are in today's market and the fact that many people who've just started investing have made money through the crazy bull run that's been going on since mid-March. However, new investors who've made profits during this period must take it with a pinch of salt because the whole stock market has increased during this time. Even people who've picked just a couple stocks during the recent market crash without any research have made high returns. But too many people are unaware of what to do when the stock market provides a normal or below par level of returns. They aren't aware of how to make money during that time and I assure you that by the end of this mini series that'll all be absolutely cleared out for you and you'll have a solid understanding on how you should analyze your investments and what you can do today to ensure returns in the long run. And to do this we're going to call upon an expert in the stock market, Mr. Siddhant Vora. and he has 4 years of experience as the head of investment research and product strategy so let's get him on board so welcome siddhant i'm really glad that you've agreed to feature on this podcast and i hope you're doing good um this mini series that we're doing on the stock market it's basically done to help those who are just starting out their journey and who want to improve their outlook on investing and even for people who just want to make that first investment but want to do it in a correct manner you know they don't want to just pick a couple stocks pick a couple of popular stocks and not have a clear strategy as to what they want to achieve so the yeah. first question i'd like to ask you is that throughout this podcast i've really done my best to emphasize the importance to save and invest from a young age and having worked thoroughly with the stock market for so many years um what do you think are the main advantages of saving early and how do you think someone should go about this given that millennials today have a very limited income done firstly thank you so much for having me on this podcast i'll be really excited to share some of my key learnings over the last few years and help millennials really have a more financially independent and secure future so i'd like to divide my answer in a couple of key points uh firstly having an investment strategy or framework is very important doing things randomly might just be you know you get lucky one time but you cannot repeat that process again and again so to try to get the luck factor out and get the framework in one needs to do uh, some research and studying on what suits them i have done my own bit and that framework helps me pick stocks but i would assume that for millennials stock picking on day one might be a little more challenging uh, experiment so you got to invest in yourself take some time out do some research not on stocks first first on how to research stocks that's what you need to do your research on secondly i would like to add that yes investing at a young age is a phenomenally uh, exciting thing to do but what is exciting people nowadays is actually going on an app or robinhood and you know yeah, yeah. trading which is also fine it's a part of the game but if you're having 1000 dollars worth of capital and if you decided i want to trade worth 200 make sure you also invest worth 200 and your trading account and your investment account has to be separate trading is for fun and quick gains investing is for long term serious wealth creation and this difference must be kept in mind other than that starting and investing at a young age everybody knows this uh, knows this it's all about power of compounding and if you just do the math 1000 dollars 
12% compounded for the next 40 years, $1,000, 15% compounded for the next 40 years. Absolutely. You'll be shocked to know what a value like that becomes. Yeah. So I think, yes, uh, power of compounding is really something every millennial should know. And as a starting simplified strategy, what I would recommend uh, to all your millennial investors is pick an ETF because ETFs have low cost structures. The expense ratio is very low and you don't have much transaction fees either. So your cost is safe. Secondly, uh, when you're talking about mutual funds, PMS and ETFs, you need to know that PMSs have a minimum cutoff, which means if you don't have X amount of capital, you cannot even subscribe to a PMS, right? So that straight away goes out because you guys are just starting out, just have maybe low to like medium incomes and you have your own expenses to take care of. So I think PMS is out. That leaves us with two options, uh, mutual funds and ETFs. Mutual funds, again, uh, they have a higher expense ratio and they're actually run, managed by people. So what I've come to know is that in a very long term, Passive investing is still outperforming active management. And there's a big reason for that, right? There's the whole um, emotional biases, behavioral biases. So if I buy something at 100, and if it goes to 200, there'll be a lot of fund managers who'll be like, okay, I've doubled it. I need to get out. But that stock might go up to 1,000. And you might miss that whole rally. When you're doing passive, you're completely eliminating this whole behavioral bias. You get the entire rally from 100 to 1000 without having to put any brain power in making that decision, neither at your end nor at the fund manager's end. So I would say that passive investing, ETF investing is a good starting strategy for all the millennial investors. Again, uh, within ETFs, we have thematic ETFs, sectoral ETFs, index ETFs. If you're proficient enough to research themes, to research sectors, to know the emerging growth opportunities, I would say that's a good strategy. If you do not think you're proficient enough to select a theme and pick a theme and back it by data, back it by an investment thesis, then stick to your S&P and NASDAQ. I will like to stress that NASDAQ is 100 companies that are doing well. They have a large market capitalization and basically they're the 100 best companies. So if a certain company or a certain sector doesn't do well, it will simply be moving out of NASDAQ and something else which is going to do better is going to come inside. So that's just the power of you know NASDAQ, ETF and passive investing. And I would highly recommend that till you guys don't uh, develop your own strategy, your own framework on stock picking, definitely you know don't try fad trading, which is, okay, this stock is going to do well, let's pick it up. Then yeah. it might work. It might work. But it'll uh, create an illusion that you think you know what you did when you actually don't know what you did, but you still made money, right? So we don't want to be an illusive trader. We want to be a confident trader who are taking high conviction bets. Be disciplined and save regularly without the intention of withdrawing that capital, at least for the next 30 years. That's my key point here. I really liked what you said about, you know, not booking profits instantly and not as soon as your stock doubles getting out of it, because I think a perfect example of all that was Tesla, especially Tesla, from yeah. how it went from $200 to after stock to 4, split, and after his stock split also getting up to like 800, 900 is so because so 
the value must be like four thousand five hundred dollars right now. That's yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely. Which investor or trader could actually hold that profit? It's impossible. Impossible. Even even when it comes like seasoned investors, many of them were in fact shorting Tesla at a point. Exactly. And what happened is a short squeeze at the end. So, I mean, I really like the idea of you know holding a stock and really keeping it for all those years because. You never know when a company is just going to jump, and it's really important to ride out that whole rally. Exactly. And now my next question is for someone who's more of a seasoned investor. It's one of the questions I get very often from people who have have who have had some experience within them, but not at the level of actually having a full out portfolio on their own. Their main question has been: Should they focus mostly on value stocks or growth stocks? And for those of you who don't, for the listeners who don't know what that is, growth stocks are basically companies who um, have the potential to outperform the market in the long term, and value stocks are basically big companies who are trading below the actual stock value. So, what are your views on that? It's a big question. It's a huge uh, area of debate uh, within the global investing community. i like to answer this in a simpler way so firstly your risk profile matters if you have the gut to buy something which is trading at 150 times its earnings or a loss making company that is trading at a humongous valuation and you're comfortable buying it because you know that it's going to do well it's going to grow really well in the next few years or over the next decade if that's your inherent personality then yes growth stocks can suit you but if you can't sleep peacefully and every day you're going to wake up check the stock okay it's going down 5% going up 5% if you're that kind of a guy then stick to value stocks also understand that value stocks are undervalued for a reason so uh, i don't know if you guys are aware when you actually do an intrinsic value of a company there are future cash flows and then there is a terminal cash flow at the end of the life what really happens is in uh, some traditional old economy industries which are now getting either disrupted or the growth has tapered off to you know gdp growth or 1 2% below gdp growth what is really happening here is the terminal value is collapsing and when terminal value collapses investors are not willing to pay a premium to buy something that grows at a 4 or 5%. Given that there is also an importance of understanding liquidity flows into and out of the market. What liquidity tells you is when there's a lot of money in the markets everybody is in a risk on mode. Everybody wants to buy a risky stock or a risky asset. And when the liquidity plug is pulled out there's a market goes into a risk off mode. And when the risk off mode happens that's when your value stocks protect your portfolios to give you a simple example a growth stock 100 dollars becomes 300 dollars value stock 100 dollars becomes 150 dollars that's the let's play with simple numbers now this is in a bull market liquidity is coming in markets are risk on sentiment is positive we think it's a bull run okay now when things change what happens that 300 dollars stock straight goes back to 150 so you lost a lot of money you halved your investment yeah. if you were the guy who entered at 300 but the 150 dollar stock doesn't go back to 100 it goes back to 125 so your capital is protected so 
to sum this all up what really matters how do you choose your own risk appetite which part of the bull run are you entering the market in are you entering towards just the beginning of the reversal are you entering once things have doubled and everything is already played out what is the liquidity flow in the money markets and the uh, capital markets you need to have some idea on these things and your own age and personal uh, liquidity requirements also matter are you okay to sleep with a 50% drawdown in your portfolio if not then you need to stick to something you're able to hold yeah and the big way to lose money in the market is buy something with the intention that okay i will hold this for 10 years if the stock corrects 25% you have no guts to hold it anymore yeah. and that's how you look so if you if you want to sleep peacefully and if you're that guy go for value stocks if you want to you know if you're excited you can handle volatility go for growth stocks but have a reason to know what you're doing and why you're doing it yeah i think actually one of the main things of these new trading apps whether it be zerodha or robinhood is they really gamified the whole experience of investing you know what i'm trying to say where every morning someone wants to wake up and just for a peace of mind if something goes up or down they're going to make a decision based on that one single day and i think that yes. really affects how much people can earn 100% i would agree with you i think trading has its own uh, nuances pros and cons but there is a science to trading also if you are able to learn that science at least make your accuracy 60% plus then you can be a good trader but just random gut based tip based trading doesn't work so there are four five factors in trading it's not that complicated also but you need to be aware what those factors are there's obviously the whole market move you need to understand what the broad market sentiment is once you're clear on the bull or bear then you need to know okay these sectors are doing well there's high momentum here so i i have further narrowed my focus then obviously there's technical analysis where you're using your charting tools to understand which is a good time to enter which is a decent time to exit and book profits etc so technical analysis is something every millennial should at least know whether you're from a finance accounting background or not technicals is something you can all understand because it's basically looking at charts understanding patterns trends reversal momentum basic easy concepts like that and being able to apply it after that what else impacts trading decisions any news flow events results these kind of things give you the trading moves so if you are able to track these four five pieces well on even 20 stocks you don't even need to know more than 20 stocks 20 stocks we track everything you'll be able to make good trading decisions but have a system have a set of rules have your own kind of framework to go about it that is really important yeah i think this really goes back to what you said at the very start where you should invest in yourself and you know how to really research all this and yeah, that's the most important thing for sure and yeah i think we can wrap up today's episode um yeah. hopefully we can need next week for more in depth on the other aspects sure. we have to cover sure. and we yeah about investing work we can talk about stock selection we can talk about basic strategies for millennials there are hundreds of things we can talk about i would love to help you guys you know with whatever i yeah thank you so much anyways and i'm sure many people gain a lot of insightful knowledge from today and i hope so yeah see you soon thank see you, you buddy 
Alright guys, with that we'll conclude today's episode and remember next week is going to be more in depth with stock market investing. So make sure to join us. And I just want to say that we're really fortunate that someone with so much experience and knowledge in equity and investments can come and share us his experience and learnings. And I truly hope that you guys can really benefit from the information that's been conveyed today. And just before we go, we have created our own Instagram page. Our handle is the.millennialinvestor. So if you're enjoying the content, make sure you go follow us there. And yeah, that's it for today. See you guys next week.